Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Brunner. I'm Jared Russo. This is episode 747. Just us lads here today. Jared, uh, what animal are you thinking about today? Uh, So last night my roommates uh, watched Nope for the first time, and I wandered in and watched basically the whole thing. Uh, There are some great horse names in that movie. Do you have one off the top of your head? Jean Jacket. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good I also feel like Jean Jacket would probably be a good, like, dog name. Yeah, yeah. There was a few others, like Ghost and Ivory. Those were the white horses, so good good horses. Mm-hmm. Ghost Ivory. What about just combine them? No. Uh, they're both special, individual, unique horses. Just like every single horse in Breath of the Wild. That is correct. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about Darling, where, uh, where I'm still... Getting used to having a, a small creature running around here again. It was it was uh, too short of a break. It was it was only two months, and here we are again. Meow. It's that's yeah, darling. Yeah, that's that is darling. She is speaking. We watched uh, four episodes of of the X Files this past uh, week or so. Um, Lazarus, young at heart. EBE and Miracle Man. We only have six episodes left of the first season, so we're we're most of the way through the first season. But that's not in a group of four. That's in a group of six or three. Or I guess yeah. Two. I was thinking about how we do that. Maybe we split it three and three. I like that. I think that'll probably work. But uh, about the episodes that we watched this week, let's start off with Lazarus. I will read. I will uh, go to the the X Files fandom wiki. And uh, read Lazarus's synopsis. After a fellow agent and friend of Scully's is shot by a criminal whom Scully shoots in turn, the agent is revived, but Mulder suspects that he is not who he appears to be. What do you think about this episode, Lazarus? I like this episode. Um, I definitely thought there was going to be more of a the tattoo is the thing that keeps moving mm-hmm. around from person to person, and it was going to mm-hmm. be more magical, mystical. Ancient evil or something. Yeah, ancient evil, like, tattoo and the tattoo would, like, mm-hmm. be on, like, seven different people, but I, I but that's fine, because I liked the whole cat-mouse game of, like, who is who, and uh, who is pretending to be whom, and the mm-hmm. backstabbing and, and twisty nature of this one, uh, it's pretty good. I think this might be the most noirish. Like, obviously, it is not straight noir because there's like a whole uh, ridiculous, like brain jumping thing going on. But like, I feel like this is this is very noiry. With like the double backstab stuff, like it's it's pretty good. The guy hiding out in that like crappy room watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the gun? Where's the money? The two lovers. Um, it, it was it was it was very noir, and I love noirs. But I also like uh, cool X Files moments, like when they're doing the two four hundred clear, and then both bodies jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff like that is like little touches that just you know that make that make the noir a little more fun. Scully also in that moment is like very um authoritative she is a doctor god damn it yes and, and they're like come on they're like come on come on come on and she's like hey fuck yourself i'll do it myself do it or, or get out of here Lady, um, he's been dead good. for 14 minutes i don't care i said 400 do it again 
Yes. Also, it is my understanding that that is not how those things work. You don't, you can't shock somebody back into life. That's not what those paddles do, but it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, did we mention the part about people's consciousness jumping into other bodies? Yeah, yes, of course. Like, of course, there's the, the, like, the, whatever, the, consciousness jumping brain jumping stuff going on that's weird uh, it's also like they 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 bring in like a i don't know like a what the specialist i don't even know what the fuck they like is he he's like a brain electrologist or whatever the, to be like no it's totally possible brains jumping around who knows well we can't explain that but we can explain heart so it seems more unrealistic for like the paddle scene but we kind of wave our hands away at the whole like maybe they are psychically linked who knows it is very bizarre and, and it, it's weird because there there isn't even like a a great like if it wasn't ancient evil like this dude was just possessed or whatever or like the tattoo was cursed or whatever it would like give something and they just they really are just like hey listen don't worry about it like i don't know they switch braids don't think about it. I, I really, really, really enjoy every episode uh, Scully breaking down the logical reasons why the thing should not be happening or does not exist or, mm-hmm. like, what could be the explanation. Because they actually, like, give some, like, good and and logical like they like they go through like the whole like you can tell the writers went through like the whole like okay like let's do our best to debunk it and just get all that out there so that no one complains when we like flip the switch and make it like go crazy nuts so yeah the, it's kind of, it's it's kind of like preemptively criticizing or like lampshading the thing where it's like this is silly anyway they definitely jumped brains <laughs> I, I I like it um I I think that the, this these four. I think are generally <clears throat> not as, I don't think that they are as good on average as the last four we did, but I think that these are just like rock solid, like, hey, we need to do like spoopy procedurals. We need a bunch of episodes in the middle that, that aren't really connected to the, like the big story, but they're like fun little, uh, you know, side stories. I think these are all totally like respectable executions. There just aren't anything to like, write home about like i don't feel like any i'm going to i'm going to like start a podcast because of any of these four but i didn't dislike any of them i mean you you we did start a branch of your podcast about them but yes i i agree uh with everything you said um i i like the procedural ones i like that they're not tied to the larger story which i think one of these mm-hmm. is which we'll get into whether or not like yeah i'm i'm gonna be like super gung-ho to like really get into the nitty-gritty about that like one boss mm-hmm dude who i think is like a thousand percent not human but that's like a whole nother discussion um Mm -hmm. i will say the one thing that bothered me is like they had perfect security cam footage of the whole like gunpoint standoff where he like Mm -hmm. didn't shoot soon enough Mm -hmm. is that the biggest coincidence in the show so far Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of coincidences about, like, people being in the right time or whatever, or, like, being being there when they're ready to go. Um, I, th- there's a lot of them. I, I can think about, like, one right at the end, like, in the number, in the, for- the Miracle Man, like, where people just kind of, like, show up. And it's like, oh, we just got here just in time to do this thing. That's convenient. Um, you know, storytelling. You got to, you got to, you got to make, you got to make a 45 minute episode of television. You got to crank those, those babies out. 
Um, Lazarus, any other, any, any last thoughts about Lazarus, uh, as a, as a program? Uh, a lot of really cool, like rain slickers and like heavy coats and suits. Um, mm. and again, I, I always enjoy watching footage of people in the early nineties and what they wore and like what the bank looked like and like mm. what a hotel would look like and like what a, you know, a laundry room would look like, um, as if I was cataloging another civilization and like noticing like mm-hmm. that's me and like, oh, TV, that's all they had in the early 90s. That's right. Like, it's just so precious and like pure and innocent. I just like I, these these stretch had good nostalgia set dressing, uh, yeah. which is only purely for me and does not affect the quality of the episode. Sure. Also, it, we do also get a little bit of of. um character development for Scully here and backstory because the the FBI agent who gets uh his brain swapped Scully was fucking him and also he was her like I don't know like FBI training trainer there's some signs of the land stuff going on with like everyone looking that movie wants to have sex with Flurry Starling but she like never gave into the whole like patriarchy thing. I want to know more about their retreat. I want to know about more about their relationship because that guy is uh, in boxing, fighting above his weight class. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's also interesting because it's like I wouldn't. I, so like I don't think that in any in any part of X Files they make Scully sexless, but I do think that uh, like my read or at least my initial read on Scully would be that she would be she would have like extremely firm boundaries about like fucking a coworker or especially like a fucking someone who is like like kind of like above you it, which is weird i think that that is a, like an interesting thing about scully and doesn't necessarily fit with my expectations of how she would act not that she wouldn't have sex but that she wouldn't that she would be like no i'm not going to have any sort of relationship with somebody in this context because like i need to have like ultimate professionalism in this specific sphere listen grant she was young you know they got along one thing led to another we don't know what happened and yeah. that's interesting that there is a dichotomy there because she's so mm. i'm the doctor like i th- there's no way aliens could exist here's the proof and mm-hmm. like they're like that's the kind of person she is so yeah it, it is interesting that like Man, all these tidbits are great, and I, I I enjoy all their backstory, and I want to know more about them. And I'm constantly like being like drip fed a little bit, and I'm waiting for the episode where I want some flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I want more flashbacks. I want more like, oh, that Fox Mulder, he's so spooky. That's how we got his nickname in the Academy. He kept talking about Sasquatch or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. I do think we're going to get some of those relatively soon. So I think, I think you're, you're in for a treat. Let's move on to the next one, which is young at heart. Mulder must stop an elusive stalker who he captured in his youth, but who seems to have uh, remained the same age. This one, I think might be the weakest of the four. Uh, I don't know if I agree with you on that because I, I rewatched this right before we recorded and the Mm -hmm. single it still got me the single funniest thing i've seen on the x-files to date is fox Mulder looking Mm -hmm. at a note looking Mm -hmm. around not seeing anyone and yelling into the wind i'll get you you son of a bitch and and the youth football team and the parents turn around and went what the fuck is going on (laughs) i died i died it's really good it's really good 
Um, I'm trying to remember because you had you had messaged me saying that you you saw the funniest thing in it. I'm like, and I was I when I went back and rewatched these um, in preparation for the podcast, I was like, what is the thing that Jared thought was funny? That that didn't that didn't register to me as the thing that I thought you might think was funny. Um, I think it, this might be from EBE, but when they talk uh, about swamp gas. Um, yeah, it was definitely EB, cause Scully's like swamp gas. They like, they're just, like methane and stuff, stuff comes off swamps and it distorts images and things. And, uh, Mulder's like, happens to me after I eat a Dodger dog. And I'm like, I bet that's the thing that Jared thought was funny. That, that is also funny. Uh, cause if you don't know, like LA Dodger baseball, there's like famous hot dogs they serve at Dodger Stadium. But now him just yelling into the wind, like when Scary okay. Movie One made fun of "I Know What You Did Last Summer," it's like, "What are you waiting for?" And then like a guy on a like a building's like, "I don't know what I'm waiting for," and he jumps off and dies. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, um, I don't think this is bad. I think it's it is it is a totally okay one. But I I think I I I am like going back and I'm like. Oh, none of this really stuck out. What 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 about it? Do you like what? Do, what do you think about this episode, Young and Heart? I like I like that he got a rival. I like that there was more backstory. Um, I like the whole like partner and and he dies and it's a little more sinister and there's a little more stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta tell you though, if you really want to have fun watching the X Files, take a mm-hmm. shot every time they say Barnett because mm. you will. Do be, they say Barnett a lot? That's the name of the guy. They said it every five oh. minutes. Oh oh yes, John John Barnett. Operating into the yes, phone okay. when they're talking about the case, like they just kept saying the word Barnett, and I was just like, uh, "This is a this is a bit, right? Like this is a reoccurring. Like you couldn't find any mm-hmm. other pronouns to use. You just keep calling him Barnett. Mm-hmm. So that was humorous. Um, the notes were funny. Like like, did you see the Batman, the most recent Batman? No, I did not. So the Riddler leaves a lot of like really funny, cute puns to Batman, and that was reminiscent of this. So like, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I like this one. I don't think it was the weakest. I guess maybe, I guess maybe, le- I don't know. I, I don't know if there's been a weakest of these four. Uh, it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I just like, I, like, like I'm thinking about Lazarus and I'm like, oh man, yeah, there's so many good moments and that's an EBE. There's good moments in this and Miracle Man. Even though I think that that's probably also on the weaker side of these four, I think that like there's some very specific moments. Young at Heart, I felt was was comparably um, forgettable. Um, you know, um, there's there's um, it, I don't even I don't even know what there is. There's Mulder trying to work out his weird stuff about. Um, mistakes he's made and i feel like they didn't lay very much track for that in the episodes before this it wasn't like you know that troubled molder like like obviously there's like the spooky molder stuff but it's not like oh he's he's always regretted this one thing they're like hey there's a thing the molder's always regretted <laughs> it's this one thing that we're introducing to you right now i'm honestly thinking about it and i'm just sort of realizing this now grant this episode is the most like jokey satire thing that isn't intentionally jokey satire like him in the courtroom like going mm-hmm. off like standing up and like yelling at the guy like that could be in like it is it is almost par- like parody that, yes parody it feels like parody like an anchorman or a dewey cox or something or like he should have taken that shot it, like everyone keeps talking about like him regretting the shot feels like in dewey cox or it's like the wrong son died that day and they like keep that joke going mm-hmm. the whole movie and it's just like this really dumb thing that like is unintentionally funny but that's why i like this episode 
Um, Do you think it's just because this was before America was irony poisoned? Yes. Like we hadn't, we hadn't just been like the most nihilistic horseshit at all times. And so when people are like overacting in a sincere way, it, it's almost like, that's cute. You did a cute thing. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, uh, do you have any other things to wrap up, uh, Young at Art? I'll get you, you son of a bitch. And the family, the family turns around and they're like, who is yelling? There are children here. <laughs> so good. Who, who is this? EBE. Now, this is the business. Um, after a downed UFO crashes near Iraqi airspace, Mulder and Scully follow an unmarked truck carrying the UFO's occupant. We finally are introduced to the lone gunman. I have been waiting for you to be introduced to the lone gunman because they are great, asterisk, and by great, I mean they're the fucking worst. So, who is the lone gunman? The lone gunman are the three dudes who are, like, the wild conspiracy theorists. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the guy with the literal shotgun. No, 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 the no, no. They, 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 they're because they're. It's like the lone gunmen. They're named after like the JFK assassination. Right, right, right. Okay, I love them. Those those three are, are great. And, and so, like, so not only are they recurring characters who we will see over and over again. Good. They also had a one season show that is a spinoff that is just them. Oh my god, I have to watch this. I do feel like we need to after we are done uh X Files or maybe at least like figure out w- at what point in the X Files it came out. Oh yes. Uh I, do, I we should probably watch uh them and maybe not do like an episode by episode thing but like maybe watch it and then like do one episode on the entirety of The Lone Gunman. Oh my god, that's ingenious. How do you make a show out of them? Like one of them's like, "Hey, she's hot." And the other one is like uh, like who's the main character like they're all they all seem so similar i uh, what it's like making a show out of the geico cavemen which they attempted to do and failed miserably but um but yeah they they are very entertaining by being the fucking worst by being the absolute fucking worst and i do enjoy that i also like that that um molder like presents presents like uh huh, and Gulf, so one, Gulf War Syndrome. So like, this is, this is like dating when this came out. Like, we're still really thinking about the first Gulf War. Um, and it's like, oh, Gulf, Gulf War Syndrome being done by aliens. Now that's a, that's a wild one where they're just like, listen, we're lunatics, <laughs> but that, you're, you're really out there, Mulder. You're, you're out of your damn mind. Everyone knows Gulf War Syndrome is a real thing, but is yeah uh god i have to research that show now um this one was was a tale of of two cities some of it was great and awesome Mm -hmm. but i'm constantly befuddled by the boss dude does he have a name so you're talking about deep throat right oh my god we really have to call him deep throat it's not you don't have to call him deep throat that long spoilers (laughs) Thank God. Um, but you're, so you're, yeah, you're, you're talking about Deep Throat, the, the Mulder's informant. But the, yes. he, he is, he is, high, he is higher up in like DOD stuff, um, and has information that is extremely classified and leaks that to Mulder when he feels like it. Okay, they, right there. I like that actor. I like the character. Mm-hmm. I like their mm-hmm. scenes and their interactions. But mm-hmm. you cannot keep showing this man and give me literally nothing. Like, I don't know what his job position is. I don't know, like, why he's there. He's constantly showing up like magic, like, poof. I'm following Fox Mulder, even though they're, like, going across the country. Like, and I just happen to magically have been, like, one of the few people to have ever killed an alien on behalf of the government. Like, oh, it's so good. What? Oh, that's the business. 
business, Jared. I mean, it's a great moment. It's a great scene. But like, I feel like this is just going to keep happening where they're just going to like keep this meta narrative going. It doesn't keep happening that long. Don't worry about it. And I'm just like, it, it will wrap up. It will, this will wrap up. It better wrap soon. up because it keeps dragging down. Because like, I like them like being bugged and the whole like um, the conversation with Gene Hackman uh, directed by mm-hmm. uh, Coppola, like tearing your apartment open to find like the, the recording device and um, tracking the dude and going to Seattle, like all that was great. Um, but there was also like a lot of like weird narrative moments of like, was it a spaceship or? Oh no, it was the alien. Okay, yeah. And what happened to that guy? He's a fake guy, but he was a plant. Mm-hmm. And like, there was all these things where I was just like, I don't know if the show is intentionally trying to be like completely circuitous or if I'm just an idiot. Maybe a little column A, a little column B. Honestly, that's probably what it is. But um, I just I I like the the shot of him like trying to like run and, and see like what's behind the glass. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't go look at that behind the glass right before I tell you a little bit more about yeah. myself. And then it's like revealed. It's like, there's nothing there. Like that stuff is awesome. Co- you know, like yeah. section six code six. That's great. That's hilarious. Uh, there's good stuff in this episode. I think it's really good. I think that like, like, so th- this doesn't hit this. Is, like, I think Eve might be my, the, the biggest banger to date. But like, so I don't think that this hits those highs. But this is a really, really solid episode. I guess it wasn't as cohesive as the other ones where they're just since mm-hmm. they're standalone. And it's yeah. just like a little contained thing. And this is like mm-hmm. trying to have its cake of a new story and eat it too with like the other like, again, mm-hmm. like d- deep throw. I can't believe are I can't believe high schoolers are taught like about like the president's crime and a major central like teaching point is based off of the name of both a sex act and a porno from the 70s. But here's the thing, it's that it's that astronaut with a gun meme where it's like politics is stupid and then the astronaut behind it with a gun is always has been. More like <laughs> American history is stupid and we have to teach our kids that American history is stupid, always has been. Like that blows my it- mind, but that's Besides the point. Um, yeah. I don't know why this episode left me kind of feeling a little empty. I don't know. Just didn't get enough of the of the lone gunman. Honestly, that's true. Although, why did he... He's like, hey, stop the tape. And then he just doesn't stop the tape. Yeah. What? Oh, of course not. Because if you were a conspiracy theorist and the fucking FBI is calling you, Come on, who man. are you going to do? Do <laughs> not track it? Like, what do you do? Of course. Of course you would do that. I also love that... that Mulder is like, hey, you shit, I fucking know you're bullshit, <laughs> do the thing. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, it's totally done, my guy. Uh, it's good, it's good, the way they interact. Also, um, what is, um, she, after they, after Mulder and Scully go see the lone gunman, they are, like, back at, like, FBI headquarters or something, and Mulder's like, it's aliens, Scully. It's aliens, and she's like Mulder. Everything that they said was preposterous, and or something along those lines. And he's like, "What? You think it's preposterous that someone would find you hot?" I thought, I, like, <laughs> I think that that dude's a scumbag, but I do think that 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 back and forth between Mulder and Scully is funny. That yeah, I, I think Good. there needs to be more people pointing out how unbelievably good-looking this woman is, and how it's just like, is anyone else noticing? Like, what? What the hell's no. going on around here? I wouldn't trust them to do it to do any sort of like not gross stuff in 2022. So let alone the early 90s. I'm honestly surprised that they are not even more terrible with like 
gawking at women. I am waiting for an episode coming up that botches some sort of like they mentioned like mental retardation, but like in in like the bad way or like they like mess up race relations. You know, like I think they sort of almost did that with gender bender, but then they like kind of like swerved out of the way. Yes, they definitely like leaned away from like they they flirted with it and then they said, you know what, let's let's take a step back. I'm waiting for the moment where it's just like they just do something and we're just like, oh, that doesn't hold up. You know, well, you know, you like you think about it and it's like like you like take like go through what you know about these people at least so far and like how would these people vote and i think for Mulder, i definitely think he he doesn't vote because he's like you can't the government you can't with the government because it's a trap and that like it's not really how you you don't really get to choose your representatives or whatever it wouldn't be like a I, i i think that he is like he is simultaneously a cop and also someone who deeply distrusts the government, which I think is very funny. He's the least um, cop to ever cop. Come on. Um, and I feel like he's probably just like, like he's a lowercase L libertarian, not a, not a capital L libertarian party libertarian. And I think that yeah. Scully is definitely like a Reagan Republican. No, there's no way. Come on. Uh, she is, she is a wealthy, like from a wealthy background with like, uh, her dad is, was like, was like Navy, right? Yeah, but like, she, she can think for herself. She's, she's an independent. And she's a thing. cop. Okay. They're barely cops. They're, they're not even interested in the human race most of the time, but <laughs> I think she definitely would be on the train of like that Hillary Clinton. I like her. And she would follow Bill's campaign and be like, mm, Bill. And well, she would go Democrat uh, for the 90s. Well, I see here. Here is here is my pitch in like think about thinking about the time period that we're in in like the 1992 election. I think that she is either voting for George H.W. Bush or she is voting for Ross Perot. She doesn't even vote for Clinton. Nah, she's a Clinton voter in my heart. That's just what I just <laughs> believe. Um, that's what I mean. Listen. It's all, all three, not, not great, but certainly some are worse than others. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would like to, I would like to see, I would like to see more of like their personal beliefs and like how, how, cause like they, you know, they kind of like touch on Scully in the past, have touched on Scully's like religiosity, but it's like, She's like, I believe in God, and like, clearly I'm from like a Catholic background. And then it's like, she probably doesn't believe in like the actual teachings of the Catholic Church. Like, she probably be- is more of like a deist, where like she probably believes that there is a God, and that like maybe there was like a dude named Jesus. But if you really, really held her feet to the fire, I feel like she would be like, no, the Pope isn't inerrant. No, I don't believe the Bible is inspired by God. One of every animal didn't show up on Noah's Ark. I feel like most yes. people nowadays, we're so off topic. I feel like most people nowadays who believe in God are that, are that kind of like deist or they just, like they're not following a particular, you know, church or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, like I haven't thought about it too hard. But. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like most people now, but, um, God, it's what, interesting. What, what anyway, anything else you wanted to wrap up EBE before we go into Miracle Man? Um, EBE standed for something different. And I thought that was kind of clever because uh, I'd never heard whatever the acronym is. And just like the movie Nope by Jordan Peele, uh, the government doesn't say UFO anymore. They say UAP. 
which is like unidentified aerial phenomenon or something. And they talk mm-hmm. about that in the movie. They're like, yeah, government's trying to throw us off the track by changing the acronyms. And I'm like, hey, it's kind of like EBE. Oop, oop, oop. It's some, it's some wet ass government. I knew you were gonna go. There. So wet ass aliens. Some wet alien pussy. There. I don't know. Um, Miracle Man. Uh, the synopsis is Mulder and Scully encounter a religious healer who seems to have the power to perform miracles. Um, this, the, so, fuck Samuel, fuck the, the, the guy who is the, was his name, Vance, who's, the, who was the burn victim who yep. saved at the beginning. Yep. Fuck them both. Yep. I don't care about them, but the preacher guy, the lead reverend, Calvin, I think. Great. Incredible performance, superb yes. performance, 10 out of 10 performance. The way he says, Nod, is perfect. It's really good. He's great. I wanted more of him. He had an ascot in his mansion at the end. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this was, this was an interesting one. It was, it was, it was kind of fun. Um, now would I have, Grant, would I have preferred an episode where, uh, Mulder and Scully just hang out and you get to see them on their off day and they're just hanging out, eating and like kind of shooting the shit, watching sports. I would like that. Um, <laughs> sure. Would I like to go hang out and like a big church going group and have to be reminded that like, oh yeah, they're in Tennessee. Uh, that kind of bums me out or whatever. And this guy's proclaiming that they're a bunch of miracles and people put money in the collection plate. And I'm like, oh, you stupid people. Ugh. But at least... We got a fire, a burn victim, some prison murder, um, a random, like, spontaneous death of a woman mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. We got some fun stuff. Yeah, and there, and then it's like, it's not even entirely, like, I feel like they don't necessarily spell out everything. You kind of have to infer some things about the sheriff and what he was doing, why he, like, tried to execute the 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 hit on Samuel in prison. Oh, I know why. I think that, because uh, pres- it's, like, his wife, right? His, I bet you he he went, he brought his wife, and they tried to heal her, and they couldn't, and right. he's like, and he's, right, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fraud, yeah. Yes. That's and so there's that, but but they but they don't they don't spell that out in it. Like you have to infer that, which is wonderful. That's that's I like that visual storytelling. I yeah, like I, that there's more going on, and they don't have to spell everything out. They're um, not like, and here is why these people acted this way. It's it is like you know you got to you got to read between the lines. You got to put the things you got to put the puzzle pieces together a little bit. I, I like the 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 mob of people with their torches who show up at the um, when they exhume the body. Um, I, now ultimately, like everything ended up kind of being like nonsense that they rigged besides the like i know your sister got kidnapped and she's gonna keep Mm -hmm. showing up and i feel like that's more about fox Mulder than it is about like like the samuel um Mm. which i guess that like that message kind of got a little muddied but uh yes this is another good one see i this X-Files show, I think I'll keep watching this X-Files show, Grant. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I think this is this is broadly good. I think it, it drags a little bit in the middle, but I think the rest of it is good enough that it, it makes up for the little bit of a slow... Like, there's probably, like, five to ten minutes in the middle that is like, ah, uh, if, if, you, if you didn't have to make it this exact length because of, like, this is how television works, you might you might chop some of this out. But in general, pretty good. I mean, again, they could always use more of, like, them, like, going through with the fast food line and they've kind of just, you just like, want like a coffee shop au you like you're you want to write Mulder and scully fan fiction want, where they're like, just ha- hanging at a coffee shop i want like pulp fiction where they're just talking about like their personal preferences for like food or whatever and like oh i went to europe and you know what they call it like but uh that mm-hmm. would be great but um 
I like the ending. And then Scully's feet are there. It's like out of nowhere. There's a bunch of feet. Stop. I like the ending where you think it's over. And then the night nurse notices he like Jesus resurrects and walks out of the morgue. And then uh, and then the cop gets like busted for like like that all stuff. That was great. Like the the sort of like the repercussions for all the characters kind of like after all, like the the climax, the the interesting denouement. Usually we don't get that kind of stuff. Usually it's like we don't know if they're still out there. And then the camera will pan and the thing will still be out there. That's usually how these things end. So I do think I think it is worth mentioning that, like, you were getting a little bit tired of early a few episodes earlier where it would be like Mulder and Scully get to they like they find like here's evidence that the government's hiding stuff and the government shows up and is like lol no we're hiding this we're we're gonna cover this up um I feel like with with the exception of like Mulder and Scully like breaking in and seeing the alien in EBE um I feel like they have gotten away from that and these these episodes they don't really do that yeah that that does bother me and I honestly haven't thought about it for like a month or two until you just said that now uh that does bother me when there's sort of this like magic wand of like haha we did a bunch of stuff and none of it mattered and you're gonna forget it now and we're gonna wipe Mulder's memories in a weird surgery scene which again has never been brought up ever that they did surgery on him and he walked out of like area 52 and they were like well we lost this case just gotta keep moving on it's like why are you still working there they did surgery on your brain Mulder. <laughs> look man there's a lot of episodes that gotta crank out that's true <laughs> but on twitter I, I i tweeted out something where i was like why would scully keep working there when she's been like kidnapped held at mm-hmm. gunpoint almost died like several times everyone you've ever worked with has if you if you work with them again they will die they will be murdered you know. while you are working this case with them and someone on twitter was like oh she does try to quit later on in the series but then they bring her back and i didn't have the heart to tell this person i'm just watching season one that's like not really a spoiler but like i guess they do answer that like oh she would quit and but then some reason brings her back which is like okay that makes sense yeah i also wouldn't be too worried about spoilers because there's there's like shit gets weird and and it continue like continues to get weird so really i feel i feel like you could hear any single plot point from any point in the fucking like 10 seasons of of x-files and it it would basically be meaningless yeah that's how I figured, which is fine. Um, because it's like, they'll do a thing, and then they'll take it back, and then they'll do it again, and then they'll take it back. So, like, I, you know, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too worried about it. It'll be like, also, it is a thing that's been around, back and... and it's been around forever. So it's like, if you are engaging with it at all, some amount of thing content that you have not seen before is kind of like inevitable to you'll be exposed to like even if you're just like look at a wikipedia page or something surely there's something in there that you haven't seen before just because it's that old that makes sense so yeah i would i wouldn't worry about it what about anything else about miracle man or x files on the whole you want to talk about before we move on to other things um, I'm looking forward to watching more and doing these more frequently. I want to finish season one. That that excites me to get on to yeah. season two. Like once they know the show is successful, they have the formula. They know that they have these two actors in the bag. Can we think of more interesting um, uh, topics and monsters for episodes? Can we do more backstory stuff? Can we use them in yeah. different ways? And can we bring on some more recurring characters like the lone mm-hmm. gunman um, who make it sound like they're like cowboys in a Western, but JFK. Yeah, look, man, these are all like 
the people who are making these are all like fucking boomers, so they're all obsessed with JFK. It's it's the Stephen it's Stephen King syndrome. Who they're it's not Gen like, Xers? Uh, no, I don't think I think Chris Carter. Let me look, let me look at Chris Carter. Uh, look at Chris. There's a weird middle ground because these aren't like set in stone. Like you were born on this day, you were part of this generation. I know it's like muddled. Uh, Chris Carter. He is. He was. Yeah, he's a boomer. Okay. He was born. He he's he's older than he's 65. But there's got to be like young guys on the writing staff in maybe the early 90s. But, but but point being is like it it is it is like um like you know how that people say like Trump derangement syndrome, but it, it is it is like literally like Kennedy assassination derangement syndrome that like every baby boomer has, where oh, like yeah. it is the only thing that they care about. Yes. Like it's like at the end of the day, it's the only thing that they care about. Like nine eleven happened to us, and it was like oh, like the world is nah, just just never mind everyone. And for them, it was like the president got shot. Nah, wrap it up. That is over. That was done. <laughs> Everything links back to this one event that really wasn't that meaningful, but it has to have a meaning because otherwise my life is meaningless. Ah! Um, that is, yes, literally, that is literally every, every baby boomer. Um, but yeah, it's good. Um, and I, I am looking for, I, I'm trying to think about where I, where I paused in season two. I think I'm like, probably like eight or ten episodes into season two. Ooh. I'm looking forward to catching up New stuff. to where I where I was so I don't have to so I'm no longer like going back and dealing with things that I've seen already. That's that's gonna be exciting. We're gonna be on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Um so that's good. What about uh what about some video games talk? Jared, have you been playing any video games? Yes. Although I don't know how we're gonna fill up forty five more minutes of talking time because I have played nothing new. Um, Let's talk about what you've been playing. It's it's mainly like Halo with friends, a little Fall Guys with friends, and mm. I have a backlog. And instead of playing the backlog, I just like I, I bought like a new Souls game. There's like a Turtles collection out today. I just played Kingdom Hearts one, and now I'm playing Kingdom Hearts two. That's it. That's all I got. You, but you didn't play the Chain of Memories, which is the important link in between Kingdom Heart 1 and Kingdom Heart 2. I'll Jared. tell you what, all those cutscenes from 1 and 2 are so ingrained in my memory from childhood that I have saved 50 hours of gameplay by skipping every cutscene. <laughs> Uh, you also have to, uh, have you played, have you played the PSP game? Have you played, what is it, Birth by Sleep? Uh, I've played every mainline, not card game spinoff Kingdom Hearts in this, like, HD remix thing mm-hmm. that I've had forever. So, like, I've played Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance and, like, the, like, all the ones where you're just playing as a character and you're, like, fighting and it's not, like, a music rhythm game or a card yeah. game or whatever. And I love card games, but, like, mm-hmm. Even I can't like go that far with cable. Yeah, there's like a mobile game and it's really bad. Yeah. Um, but that, but it's also like, it's <laughs> the mobile game is where they set up like everything that is like why everyone is doing the thing. So if you didn't play this shitty mobile game, then like you're totally fucked. You don't know what anything, like what any of like the major things that happen at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, you are not lost, but like you don't understand who, who the fuck are like all these people? Like what, <laughs> who existed before Xehanort? Like, you wouldn't know if you didn't either play this shitty mobile game or read a Wikipedia article. <laughs> but what if I told you that I didn't care 
And therefore, yeah. when I skip these cutscenes, I beat Kingdom Hearts one in less than 20 hours. And it was a great time. It was so mm-hmm. great. It held up fun is the fun JRPG action. But the but the 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 cutscenes are the part that I like about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and the, the part where you fight is the part where it's less fun. For uh, me. To me, that was like the, the, the optional bosses and uh, the light puzzle solving and the collectibles, um, upgrading your character in, in different ways, um, playing through two. God. Two is a lot of watching. Fun. I was just thinking about watching uh, Ben Pack on Giant Bomb fail that fucking entry on the island in, in Kingdom Hearts one like twenty five fucking times. Oh, I did it on my first try, and it doesn't matter because like all that beginning part, like literally none of it matters. Like it is so inconsequential to like the rest of your game. But he just did it over and over and why. over and over and over and over. It was over. hilarious, it, but it was br- brutal. I think he just, just did fucking it just brutal. For the the video, like you, if he really didn't, you know, like he would have just been like, all right, whatever. Cause you don't yeah. get anything for beating that like race. You don't, you get absolutely nothing. Well, you get shamed by what's his name? Rick Riku. Not if you skip the cutscene, but I did it <laughs> on my fair. first try. So it didn't really matter. So fuck it, man. What how, what are your what are your thoughts on Kingdom Hearts three? Um, Kingdom Hearts three is okay. It um, you can tell that they really stripped back a lot of the like gameplay additions and mechanics they added in two, which was like like the best part of playing two was like crafting and like the form system, and they were just like we're just so like we need to get this game out the door and we need to just like make a video game that a lot of stuff fell by the wayside and they were just like we only have time to like the the levels are kind of empty and it's it's fine but i it's not as good as the first two games i think it works pretty well and i also really like the levels that they chose like i think the the tangled one is really good i think the toy story one is really good i think the monstrous ink is okay it's less good um i the big hero 6 one was good the pirates one was like really short short really short yeah um, but it's also the of, of all of those are the things that i that i like the least is pirates of the caribbean so i was like all right that sounds that sounds good. I don't want to be here much longer. That's true, but um, I I, I like didn't remember like the mini games included in the first two. Um, when, mm-hmm. they're very far and few in between, but they're fun when they happen. And I uh, Nightmare Before Christmas World is awesome. The Tron levels awesome. Timeless River, the Steamboat Willie levels awesome. Um, those are just really really good, competent, fun games. And they have the Disney magic and the worlds and the characters and uh, you know like. You can skip the 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 Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy cutscenes and just kind of watch like Beauty and the Beast or like Mulan or The Lion King. Like you can watch those characters interact and a lot of the voice actors are they return. So it's like, oh, Hercules. And there's, you know, James Woods as as Hades. If you're into James Wood, um, nobody should be into James Wood. He was in Videodrome. That breaks my heart because that movie's amazing. But that guy sucks. I know he sucks. But like, you know how many people suck that are in things we like? I'm not even going to get into the Rob Schneider discourse, but like, I should off, offline. We'll get into the Rob Schneider. Half discourse. of all things we enjoy, Grant, are made by horrible, terrible people. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, Kingdom Hearts is good. What, is anything in particular like uh, get you back into Kingdom Hearts? Were you just like, hey, I was talking to people about Kingdom Hearts, and that made you go get it? Like, is it was it that? It was. I bought this collection a while ago, and I never really got through the first part of the first game um i think it was on like game pass or something and then uh literally the dig staff talking about kingdom hearts i was like oh yeah i did have that installed at some point and so now i'm like i guess it's quote unquote part of my backlog 
And there will be other things that are newer, uh, like Thymesia I got on sale, and I want to play that. That's a Souls-like that just came out. And the the Turtles collection of, like, old Turtles games came out today. I want to play that. Um, so, like, that's a part of the backlog. But I'm almost done with Kingdom Hearts 2, so I should be trucking along. Did you ever listen to the podcast from Waypoint where they went through and played all of the games and talked about all of the lore about Kingdom Hearts? Yes. It's so good. And, it's probably my favorite thing that Waypoint has ever done. And they, uh, when they showed up to one of the E3 interviews and they mm-hmm. like started like talking about it and you just see Gersman's face like, oh shit, that's right. Oh man. <sighs> They're Kingdom Hearts people now. That's right. It's really good. I, I, I love, I love that series of that lore reasons. I love it. I love it. It is, there has been good things at Waypoint, but that is probably my favorite good thing at Waypoint. Um, really, really, really. really I wrote for Waypoint once. What, what did you write? I wrote an article about Gwent and they published it. How was that a good time? Uh, no, it was stressful. Um, freelancing sucks and I hated it. I didn't because you weren't weren't you a, were, were you freelancing at Vice or were you, I thought you were a Vice employee. I was a Vice employee, but doing oh, this something was separate, different. Uh, uh yeah, it was uh it was just a weird time for me in my life personally, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm glad it got published, and I'm 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 glad I got to meet those people and work with them because they're awesome. But uh, it, I think was it Mike Diver? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that was so that, that, that was really that was relatively early on in in uh, Waypoint. He was the one who I I mostly dealt with, um, and he was cool. So, but yeah, just the whole experience of like pitching and like it just I was at a certain point I was like, just don't even pay me. Like, let's just drop this and just like don't pay me. Just like publish the article. It's fine. Um, wild, wild. Yeah, I spent I spent the better part of a decade as a freelance writer and. Oh. I was very lucky to find outlets that I was basically a permalancer at. And like, listen, that sucks. And I was like, permalancing is taking advantage of people economically. Yeah, it's Absolutely. Rough. It's rough. Um, that's the, that is the case. But like, the, <laughs> I wanted to write about technology and that's how you do it. <laughs> I never got to be a permalancer, but I worked with a lot of permalancers in that whole system. I was like, I could never, I could just never pull this off. I mean, the fucked up thing is that like, so like when you're an employee, your the the way they do your payment is so easy and simple and the money just shows into up into your account like all the time every time same day it's always works perfectly. When you're a permalancer, I don't know. Look man, like how long do you wait before <laughs> for your money to show up before you have a discussion <laughs> with your point of contact and like where's my where's the money? That you owe me just for doing all that work. A ton of stupid money issues, and I just feel so bad for everyone who ever had to deal with that. It's just heartbreaking. Like, it's cool in some ways. Like, I I don't want to make it out to be like, there is no benefits to being a freelancer, because, like, there are. And, like, being able to make my own hours was fucking cool. Like, not being... Like, there wasn't anything that anybody could tell me to do. Like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to assign you this, and you have to do it. Like, they could be like, hey, can you do this? And almost every time, it would be like, yeah, sure. But it was like, if they wanted me to do something, I'd be like, no, absolutely not. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. <laughs> is I could do that, and, and, and you know, it, that you are given some specific freedoms, but the things you lose are way worse than all That's of those true. things. That's true. Uh, like, no protections whatsoever. Nope. Uh, I, 
having to deal with the fucking healthcare system. I like, yep. I didn't have insurance for a while. And Same. then, uh, then I went on cause then, cause I'm, uh, an ancient old man. But this was before, um, uh, what else to call Obamacare? The ACA kicked in. Um, and so it was like, I was on my parents for a little bit, or I was on it when I was a kid and then I was kicked off. And then I got to be on it for a little bit longer and then I was kicked off. I just didn't have insurance for a while. And then it was like, hey, you need to get on the ACA marketplace. And it fucking sucked. Like, every, every single year I was on the ACA, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Isn't America great? <laughs> it's, I mean, listen, I have, like, decent insurance now. I, 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 we have the same insurance. And it's, it's fine. It's, like, as fine as American insurance can be. And I'm still, every time I have to interface with it, I'm like, this is the fucking worst. I hate doing this. I haven't had to use it yet, and I'm very afraid to. I mean, don't be afraid for the specific insurance, but, like, be afraid of insurance in general, yes. Oh, and the the prospect of, like, something happening to me. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's it's bad. Not ideal, folks. Not ideal. Um, so yeah, I, I've been playing some video games. I've been playing, I've probably put, I don't know. Eight hours into Saints Row? Um, I have had, I would, I would say I am having, in terms of bugs, in the ballpark of what I experienced when I played Saints Row the third when it came out. Um, it's like in that same ballpark of like, I've had to restart some checkpoints a few times and there are some graphical glitches, like animation glitches. And that's probably the extent of what I've done. I've not, there's not been anything that's like, breaking the game or like like crashing my PlayStation or anything like the stuff that people have been talking about I've had I've had minor inconveniences and that's about it on the bug front which I think is interesting because that is super duper not the narrative I have seen some stuff man I've seen some clips and boy oh boy some of it looks rough, and I guess that's just, like, what kind of PC you have, and if you're on and the Xbox One versus the Series X, but mm-hmm. you're the only person I've heard just, like, have somewhat positive comments. It seems like everyone is either disappointed or just outright mad, and there's a lot of criticisms, and you're just having, like, a fun time, and I'm like, yeah. what, like... So I, 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 it is weird because like, I don't doubt that people are having those problems, but like, I'm not having those problems. I'm, I've had, um, I think I've had to restart, I think it was two things at at checkpoints, not even like, I didn't have to restart the whole mission. There was just some like weirdness and I was like, oh, I'll just go back to the last checkpoint and it did it and I lost all of two minutes of gameplay or something like that. Like it, 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 I have not, I have not been in any meaningful way, meaningful way inconvenience like let me put it this way playing fallout 4 when that came out i was incessantly inconvenienced what 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 a fucking broken piece of shit that was i cannot fathom a human being playing any bethesda game on a playstation console as torture it was miserable <laughs> i had such a bad time uh it was not, it was it was not a good time um but this saints row has been pretty good like the missing structure is the same as the last games it you shoot very similarly the controls are modernized like 
you're not you're not doing the like uh like the early Assassin's Creeds where you're like using the the bumpers or, or, or like R one to to like as your like modifier keys. You're like you're you're clicking in the stick to run or whatever, and you left trigger, right trigger, and you shoot things. And the guns are silly, and you drive around a lot, and um the writing is tongue in cheek. Like there is no besides the bug stuff, which is like obviously totally dependent on your individual experience and like, will be fixed at some point sure sure yes definitely um that part i don't see how you can like saints row the third and saints row four and be like this is bullshit because i'm like this is this this is the same stuff i'm like sure you want to say i wish that this had like evolved more than it did fine that's fine but i don't see how you could like the way it was done before and be like this sucks because it's it's just the same thing, well, but slightly modernized. What I've heard is that the characters aren't as memorable and it's not as funny. And it doesn't seem to me like it is as outlandish as the early game. Like, 3 and 4 were like a 10 out of 10 on like wacky, crazy, zany, silly. Whereas this seems like a 5 or a 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think this is closer to like a Saints Row 2. Where like, it's wacky. Where Saints Row 1 is much more like straight-laced. It's and Saints Row Auto. 2, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Saints Row 2 is like, let's get a little silly. And then Saints Row 3 is like, no, it's, it's all the time silly, pals. You're the president. Um, yeah, um, this is, this is like Saints, this is like somewhere between Saints Row 2 and Saints Row 3 in wackiness. Um, like, there's wackiness. It's, it's silly. It's goofy. But people go flying willing. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll just like, oh, hey, I'm going to take this helicopter into this, uh, like, small standoff and blow up somebody off the fucking street. Um, you know, it's Saints Row. They're, they executed a Saints Row. Um, I, I, I think it's weird that how the response has been. Um, I don't think that it's like, Game changing. I don't think that is it, it is going to do anything, but I, I definitely do not think that this is like a death knell for Volition as a studio. Like I don't know, mm, this is it's fine. Sure like this seems fine. I, I like yeah, fix the bugs. Um, also, like I feel the same thing with like um, like Anthem was obviously much more of a clusterfuck, but I I was I was more positive than on Anthem than most people were which is to say that I'm like hey there's there's fun stuff in here I, it, none of the stuff that I like about a Bioware game is here but like this is fine this is they made a Destiny like um, and I also was hotter on uh, Mass Effect Andromeda well, I didn't think Mass Effect Andromeda was like quote unquote good uh, Mass Effect but I'm like this is still most of the way to a, to a Mass Effect game it's still doing a lot of the things from Bioware that I like it is not as good but it is still like it is a thing that I really, really like, and they're still doing most of that. So I'm still having mostly a good time. And so, like, I remember uh, Brad Shoemaker being like just yelling in a podcast so much so that like I, I like I'm like I'm gonna need to pause the podcast for a while because I'm I'm not having a good time listening to these. Um, just like like they they ruined Mass Effect or whatever, and I'm just like, listen, man, they put out a mediocre game. That I think is improves in some very specific mechanical ways, and then definitely way released way too buggy, and the size and scope is weird, and the they 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 lost some stuff that they were going they were they were doing well with the with the first three, but I definitely think that there is um, people in the review industry 
are very echo chambery, and I feel like once a narrative takes hold, it spreads like wildfire, and there is like it take it takes months and months for the things to reverse course and for people to be like, oh, maybe that maybe the extreme take I had <laughs> at launch was maybe not reasonable. It does take a very long time to make games, and it takes a long time to accurately sort of get a critical consensus once everyone is playing it. And there's like a democratization of like, oh, actually, they updated No Man's Sky and Final Fantasy XIV, and it's better. Or, oh, hey, they kind of drove this game into the ground, and it's no longer good. So, like, it, the amount of time we could be, be spent, like, reinterpreting and re-reviewing a game can now just be infinite. Um, mm-hmm. So it's probably harder now than ever to get, like, a critical sort of, like, consensus or just, like, a, a, a where – what's the temperature when a thing immediately comes out? Because, like, maybe mm-hmm. those reviews are completely – different than like what people think a month from now when they put out more dlc and they fix some bugs and whatnot but i think there was some article that came out today that was like the gulf between critical consensus for film and like what audiences like is like the most far apart it's ever been which doesn't surprise me but like is that's gonna happen to the games industry eventually right i mean i i would say i would argue that like in some ways it it already is like we're there already because it's like the like the people who would be going to see like a Marvel movie are people who are playing COD and who are people who are playing Fortnite and like those are the only games they play. And like the, if you're an industry writer, like yeah, you might have a person who's a Fortnite person who's like covering Fortnite, but like that's not what your average game reviewer is like. They're not they're like you may have somebody who happens to be a Fortnite person, but it's not like you know where ninety percent of the game reviewers are just really into the most populous games, like the ones that that like most normies like. That's not the case. They're into fucking video game nerd shit because that's like that's why they became video game writers, right? Like writers about video games. Like that's why they did it is because they're into video game shit. I actually don't like. I understand like there are like just certain tentpole live service things that you kind of need coverage of, and most of the games that come out are just standalone kind of like okay it's an indie that's you know that's a, a big triple a thing or whatever and the sort of live service standalones are ever present but yeah i'm constantly reminded that the majority of playtime and the majority of money spent is on mobile and that there is just a world of hurt coming for anyone who is not actively making clash of clans or anything like clash of clans because it just seems like that's where the planet earth is going and the industry has not caught up with the fact that like so many people play mobile games like clash of clans and so much kills me is that they're so bad and they're so so bad bad. so that's where the gulf is going to come from the gulf is going to come from people who are just like i'm addicted to playing this game and like my kids are addicted and like they are being hunted by predatory like microtransaction and loot boxes but those gotcha games are so fun and addictive and the industry is just gonna be like well that's what makes money now it's 2050 we have to make nothing but those and like people will be like this is garbage and it's just like but that's what makes us billions and that's gonna be like this weird reckoning this weird i mean that's that is what the outside theory about what happened with konami and and hideo kojima right is that like there was like a rival in like you know like vp in konami who was like led up like the very very profitable like mobile shit or whatever or like what like their their whatever like uh, uh pochi slot stuff oh yeah that the, um 
Oh, God. The pachinko machines. Yeah. And that, like, they're just like, makes infinite money for no, for zero effort. Like, you put in a dollar into doing it and it just, just spits out $10 billion. Um, and they're like, what, what are we paying you for? Hideo Kojima? We're paying you all this money for you to make a video game? This is bullshit. This guy, we give him half a cent and he makes us a billion dollars with Pachi slot or, or pachinko or whatever. Like, all right. Well, like that's I mean, it's what capitalism does, but like f- fuck those gambling machines. Like fuck them. They they uh, they give us no value as a society. They give a bunch of old chain smokers some mild enjoyment, I guess, if that Elsner had sort of been sanded off their their jaded lives already, but And I need to I, I need to make this very clear that it's not because it's a Japanese gambling that I have a problem. It's that like this is the exact same shit happens in the United States. It is it is yeah. it is irrelevant to to who is making the gambling machines. It is the exact same horseshit here yes that we should preface that um there was there was a there was a haunting looming specter around konami during the pandemic that like people weren't going into pachinko parlors and that Mm -hmm. they were gonna have to start pivoting back to like traditional games but they've completely gotten out of that and they've again record profits because you know greed and inflation and and god knows what capitalism Uh, Mm -hmm. and their record profits are now just like oh we can never release another traditional video game and be totally fine even though they're gonna sit on those ips like dragons hoarding gold yeah and it's because it's like it's the, it's the same problem with like a disney right where it's like oh disney's never going to touch these fucking like this mountain of ip that it owns but it will n- also never sell it to anybody even even for a ridiculous amount they'd be like lol no we would ra- we would rather bury this into the ground than than ever give it to you fuckers I mean, it makes sense for a company to just sit on it for decades waiting for the perfect opportunity to bring it back. But like most likely they won't. And to them, it's like, well, yeah, would society be better if like we gave Castlevania away to a different company and they actually like made stuff or what? But like they're not going to ever do that. Why would they? That's what. That's why we need to seize the means of Castlevania production, Jared. Well, Itaragi is doing that with bloodstained where's bloodstained 2 come on Interrupt. i don't know didn't it take them a long time to make bloodstained and also it, it took them a long time to make bloodstained and then also in the like lead up to bloodstained people were like this is gonna be some bullshit and, and they, then they're like oh no they turned it around it's okay and they made that like 2d side squirrely nes thing and they're like you, you put out this instead of like working on the real one but they ended up all being good so yeah, people like they, they made a sequel to the NES style Castlevania, right? Yeah, but I I want I want more Symphony of the Nights because Symphony of the Night is one of the greatest games ever made, and the fact that like no one ever tried to like top it is mind boggling to me. Like that's the formula: just make more Symphony of the Night. People, I mean, listen, people love those styles of games yeah me i have no i have no interest in them and what i do have interest in is like i have watched vinnie caravella play a bunch of castlevania and the bloodstained like spinoff like not castlevania but but parentheses it's castlevania though um and i think watching him play the nes style games is extremely entertaining and the second that he's playing the actual like proper metroidvania style games i'm like oh this is the most boring thing i've ever seen in my life yeah i don't want to see him play this to play like it's really fun to play those modern ones but i'm not gonna play them i'm gonna watch (sighs) vinnie caraval play it so (laughs) thumbs the brakes um 
you know, I've also been, uh, you know, playing a little bit of, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's good. Um, it's pretty good. Um, our coworker Steven started playing Disco Elysium. So I'm excited about that. Excited to think more about Disco Elysium. Uh, and then also, uh, Immortality launched today and it's getting, uh, rave reviews. So let's talk a little bit about, um, her story and telling lies. What is your what is your experience with her story and telling lies? I played her story when it came out, and it mm-hmm. is awesome. Great. Um, went down the rabbit hole of just listening to every podcast I could about it, and then telling lies came out, and I bought it, mm-hmm. and I got like an hour or two in, and I completely fell off of it, despite the fact that Carrie Bechet is on one of my favorite shows ever, Halt and Catch Fire, and I had like. Really, I don't really see her in anything. And the fact that she showed up in this game, I was like, oh, she's she's one of the main characters of Halt and Catch Fire. I know her. But the whole like scrubbing the video thing wasn't as I don't. Did you play Telling Lies? I did. I played both her story and Telling Lies with my wife. And we had an incredible time. Like both. So she really likes the like detective putting things together yourself. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to get a notebook and I'm going to write down all these things and I'm going to draw lines in between like, okay, there's a connection here and this word. Aha. Aha. Um, that does it for her like pretty strongly. And, um, I think that they are both really good games and I am extremely heartened by the reviews that immortality has gotten. I have downloaded, I went and I, uh, during lunch, I went and I, I clicked the download button uh, on my uh, Xbox, and uh, I assume either tonight or at least sometime this week, uh, my wife and I are going to put a bunch of time into Immortality, because it is, it, it's on Game Pass, so, you know, nice. you can play it um, for no additional cost if you have Game Pass, Hell and yeah. um, it's also, it's it's not very expensive, I think it's like, a, it's like 20 bucks on PC and, and Xbox, um, and we're going to play it, and I... I anticipate liking it because I like those previous two games and this one's getting even better reviews. So I, there, I have no reason not to be excited. I am so blown away by how Game Pass is able to prop up the Xbox brand for the next nine to 12 months on the back of like, oh, I actually got some like interesting like indies like they, they you know, like they got some interesting stuff coming on Game Pass. Like uh, I'm not going to pay for high on life, but I pay for Game Pass, so I might as well play it. And it's great that Immortality is coming to Game Pass because I can just download it right after this podcast and get right to it. Nothing's yep. stopping me. I mean, there's definitely the like, oh, you're seeing the like the downfall of streaming video. Like, this is this was what we're, I was concerned about the whole time. Like, with as Netflix is, you know, fumbling the bag, and also HBO is fumbling the bag. Like, you're seeing the like, oh yeah, this is the whole problem. This is this is why. Hey, maybe this like uh, Netflix of blah blah model is. Um, like definitely has benefits, but also has very explicit downsides of like, what does Game Pass look like in five years? Uh, almost certainly worse than it does now. It almost certainly is going to be a worse, a worse, uh, uh, thing for consumers in well, five years than it is now. It'll be more expensive, but there are two things in my mind that sort of differentiate Game Pass and the gaming industry from the streaming services. Cause the streaming services and like cable and, and regular broadcast television and like the companies that own them are so that whole thing is a nightmare, but also like paying for a physical like DVD, like that industry died. So there's no way for me to go out and buy Batgirl because Batgirl doesn't exist because it's not on the streaming service. Whereas Game Pass, like I'm pretty confident you can still 
independently choose to pay for whatever video game, even if it's digital only, on Steam or on GOG or on Epic Game Store or on for now. iOS Store. For now. But like, I feel and like not, not on iOS, though. Our Apple Arcade locks people in. Like, like yeah. so Jetpack Joyride 2 yeah. is an Apple Arcade exclusive, and can't you can't just it. pay them money. Yeah. I can't pay, I couldn't pay them $60 to play it. It was, it's, nope, fuck you, subscribe to our thing, and I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I mean, I I, when I worked at AOL, I worked on a video game that is no longer on the iOS or Android store. So, like, you know, like the remnants of like my work is just like gone. And there are like other yep. games that I played that are like you can't download anymore. Um, obviously, like people who make indies and the platforms that indies are like bought and sold on, like it's much more like sort of like grassroots, like do it yourself. Whereas like the people who like gate you from like making movies and TV shows at a high budget, mm-hmm. like they own the means of production. Like they're the ones who get to say yes or no. But if like a guy who made Stardew Valley wants to sell Stardew Valley and as like a little downloadable program on his website and it blows up, like nothing's going to stop him from doing that. Yeah, I, 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 like, I understand, I understand the, like, uh, like, raw consumer reason why one might subscribe to Game Pass, but from, like, a industry-watching perspective, I am very worried about what Game Pass will mean for the industry five years, ten years. Well, the planet will be dead by then, but if you're gonna make a TV show, you can't, like, post it on YouTube, because, like, what happens if, like, YouTube starts changing God knows what, like the way Facebook mm. changed its video number counting. That's why you got to post it to Pornhub or or Vimeo or Pornhub, because like what happens if Vimeo and Pornhub get bought and scrubbed or like there's some massive like. But if I make a thing as a game, I'm not like it's not like I made a movie and you have to like buy my video player or like I have to make a video. Player. I mean, like, you could just you can literally just sell like MP4s on your website. If I, you yeah, want I guess to. so, like iPhone footage or whatever. But like there doesn't seem to be an appetite for like homemade little movies because that's like what TikTok is for. Whereas like, oh, this one guy made this like little game called Downwell and <laughs> Downwell is awesome and it's on iOS and this little Japanese game where it's like a little guy falling down a big well and he shoots with his feet and you like touch the screen and you like choo, 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 and he shoots and you just kind of drag him around as he's like shooting down the down well mm-hmm. like he made that and i bought it and it's awesome yeah i it, i am i remain very concerned and like what that looks like uh and it's like impossible to know exactly what that what it will look like but i i i, I will put money down that like it's not going to be good it's not like it's not like 10 years from now it's going to be like no, every you know what it turned out. Everything's great, and the video game industry is better than ever. It's like no, nah, that's not how that's not how capitalism works. I mean, my I, I'm concerned too, and I'm I'm somewhat trying to play devil's advocate because um, that's just what I like to do. But um, yeah, I mean, like, listen, you can play a lot of games without paying additional money. I, I get it. I understand. I understand why people like it, but man, I also I also like Netflix when. It was good. And yeah, when it didn't cancel uh, Glow. <sighs> yeah, and uh, I, I want to say I. So like my wife, my wife pays for Netflix, but I had a Netflix account and I had it back when they it was a DVD company. Yeah, because you could watch all sorts of cool shit. Like I watched all of The Sopranos on it because it's like, well, I'm not gonna like I I'm not gonna buy HBO as like a fucking teenager or whatever, and I'm not going to buy all of the fucking season DVD sets of. The Sopranos, but I can get two discs at a time. Yeah, I remember in college getting the discs. Um, that was fun. And then I remember 
think freshman year of college, which was 09. Yeah, the fall of 09. God, I'm old. I went on to Hulu and they just had all of Arrested Development with no ads. They're like, here, just watch Arrested Development. And I was like, I guess I will. And I just started watching shows on Hulu and they just had all these shows and there was just no barrier. It was just like, there you go. Yep. That's great. But yeah, like I closed my uh, Netflix account probably in like... 2014 or something like that. Um, the, the thing that, the thing that really was the, the last nail in the coffin for me on like with it was like they made it so every time you hovered over something, it automatically started playing video and audio. And there was no, I, I even, I even when they, when they chain made the change, I even went to their like support and like chat and was like, how do I get this to turn off? And they're like, you can't. That's how it is. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm never giving you another dollar. <laughs> I hate this. I hate your interface. I hate your shit. Um, goodbye. I'm done. Now, they did stop that. Because it's a fucking nightmare, and it's the worst possible thing to make your error app do? I would imagine you you knew this, because he has Netflix. It doesn't uh, always yeah. do that. Like, you can just kind of scroll yeah, 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 and just see, like, the poster. Yeah. But I don't watch, I don't really watch Netflix now. Like, I, I, I'm not, like, that I've never watched Netflix since, but I, I don't, I don't think anything we've watched together, uh, is on Netflix. But you're missing out on Stranger Things. Oh, that's not, I, so, that's not true. Um, the exception to that is The Witcher. I watched The Witcher. That's on Netflix. And that's good. I, I still think of, that that one character as dandelion and i just refuse to think oh, yeah. of him as anything but dandelion dandelion is the, is the superior name yes that is correct. um it it's a, it's a very good name um and that uh, i i like i like that show um but fuck no fuck, fuck netflix i don't i don't I, uh the way that they run their business is bad and it's only getting worse it's only getting worse they're only going to make their support certain. like dave Chappelle. yeah it's all bad and uh, it's 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 bad. It's real bad. Um, the other thing, the other video game that's coming out this week that um, I guess it's worth mentioning is um, Last of Us Part One, the remake of the first Last of Us that they are putting out for seventy American dollars. Get the fuck um, out of here, Sony! It's f- fucked because if it was something that they put out and it was thirty dollars. I feel confident that I would have just spent $30 and been like, yeah, all right, I'll look around and see, like, what's Naughty Dog doing with, like, dipping their fur- their toe into the PS5? Like, yeah, I want to see that. But, hey, here's this game that you have already, like, kind of bought twice. Because I bought it when it came out on the PS3, and then I got the, like, the remaster. Not at full price. Not, I, was, I wasn't paying buying the whole game again. But, like, I've already done it. And then they, they updated the remaster to, for the PS4 Pro. So, like, this is a game that they made, and then remade, and then kind of remade again. And then this is, like, the kind of, kind of, like, the fourth time they've done it. I, I, I just, I, I have, I'm out of words. I'm at a loss for words. It was a horrible, horrible idea when it was rumored. And the fact that they're like pushing this as if it's like a, a big, AAA release, a big thing yeah. when I, I think I mentioned this to you. There's a lot of turnover at Naughty Dog. Mm hmm. A lot because the burnout rate and the crunch is just insane. So like they're just constantly like people are leaving and they're constantly hiring new people and a big project. They'll just like, yeah, just like we're working on, I don't know, a remake of of Last of Us and we'll call it part one. And we'll just I guess use some of the, the same engine and graphics as two. And I guess the AI is different. But to just make a pet project for new employees like, oh, this is just like our holiday release alongside god of war ragnarok like this is just like this this is what we're doing and it's like but this game you've already 
like it's really weird it's really weird the the hbo show (laughs) yeah i i i so like i don't doubt that they put in a ton of work into it i i believe them when they say that like hey we remade this from like the ground up like we're not reusing assets from the first game cares just do a new thing yeah like i believe like i believe you it's just that that's still not compelling. It it's uh, it's just bad optics, bad decision making, a waste of time. Uh, I don't care how good it looks. It's just you could have put it on the PS Plus now Sony Game Pass thing. They're not. It's just greed. It's just unbelievably greedy, and the ego and hubris of Naughty Dog and Sony to like push forward with this is unbelievable. On top of like in Europe. You can buy a PlayStation 5 for more money than an Xbox Series S and Switch combined. And, like, there is some amount that, like, the like the price-raising stuff is, like, that's a thing that is, like, happening or kind of in multiple industries. And especially for things like um, electronics, where it's just, like, literally the only way we can get these made is by paying priority to like get them from the chip manufacturer we literally will not have the supply in the previous thing like i i believe that i believe that those are the cases that doesn't make it any less like shitty from like any consumer perspective scummy like it's it's not good uh facebook did the same thing with their um headset their vr headset the 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 was it the quest oculus quest quest 2 meta right the quest 2 um they raised it by 100 bucks like they're like hey this was 300 dollars. now it's 400 dollars. um eat shit um and like i i i have no trouble believing that it is largely driven by the supply chain is totally fucked and remains fucked for like years and like is this ever going to even out? Maybe not. Um, I believe I I have no trouble believing it, but from a consumer perspective, it sucks raising a price on a thing that already exists and is like two years into its life cycle. It should be going down in price, not up in price. It's it's unprecedented. It's boneheaded. Um, I know that they're like making the world is making more factories and production lines. Not just in China, like they're making them all over, like they're making more of them. So because like they understand that like the future of cars and like home appliances and tech and and everything is going to be running on microprocessors, GPUs, CPUs, like they're going to be in way more stuff. So they're planning on making more factories and more jobs to produce more. But that won't come around until 2024, 25 at the earliest. It's almost like maybe the way that we are running our societies is not is not um, ideal, sustainable. It's not not sustainable. It's yeah, yeah, um, and and uh, it turns out all it took was um, a pandemic to turn everything on its fucking head. Um, so that's not great. Um, here's what I'll say about the Last of Us Part One. I have no, uh, I, I I'm sure that it's good. Uh, that first Last of Us was really good. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, it's I one of the enjoy best last. Ever. I enjoy Last of Us Part Two way less, way way less. Yeah, I think that's a, maybe uh, not great. Uh, I think that it, like, I think mechanically it does some interesting things. And I think that there are parts of that story and like the performances I think are really good across the board. So like the acting in that game, really, really good. Fantastic. Um, technically lots of like extremely good technical stuff. Oh, state of the art. But, but I think that that story and like the tone rotten fucking hateful. It's disgusting. 
I dislike a lot of what that game did. And then also, I really, mm, the stuff, mm, I've talked about this with uh, Rob a fair bit. I don't know how much I've talked about it with you. But when that game came out, and it was getting, so one, it sold a bajillion copies. Last of Us Part 2, it yes, sold a bajillion yeah. copies. It was a critical darling. Like, got top scores, like, across the board, extremely well-liked, critically. But the fact that it wasn't that, like, not every single reviewer um, like loved it that there were some people who were like this thing didn't work for me was unacceptable from from Neil Druckmann just how dare how dare people not uh lather me with praise and the what's, what's the fuck who's the fucking god of war dude uh, what's his name not Cory Barlog but uh, yeah that's that's the, that's that's his name Cory Barlog really is what I'm thinking of yes um trying to same shit of like how discourse today on the internet how dare people it sucks fucking sucks like they make incredibly well-liked games that sell a billion and it's not enough for them i didn't know what the cory barlock stuff because i thought you were talking about david jaffe whom we had no well oh david jaffe's his own fucking thing but um yeah it turns out neil Druckmann sucks and um when waypoint eviscerated that game about like the ham-fisted like israel palestine uh conflict metaphor throughout the game and like uh, even like how they treated like its characters agency and like the trans stuff like they very expertly illustrated like why that game does not work from a narrative perspective but like playing it was was sometimes miserable and i just don't agree with any of the choices like like the game made for its characters for like their, its own sake it's like what if they were all just so fucking stupid they just made every wrong decision at every wrong turn in the way that, what like, if everything in the world was bad colon the video game like any of the good stuff or the good moments just get completely like like you just don't Erased. remember them yeah um yep. Boy, do I hate The Last of Us Part Two. And I think if they made a third game, its sales would be much less because of two. Like, there's always like a weird, like, it's a delayed sequel backlash where it's like movies that people don't like, the sales don't show up until like the next one because like yeah. some people are just so checked out that like they don't come for the third game. I have weird feelings about Last of Us Part Two because I like, do. I like, like, it, it, there are, there are definitely things about it that I like. And like, there, man, there's like large stretches of that game that I think are fucking awesome. Yeah. Those parts where, those parts where like you're exploring with Dina on horseback. It's the best. And you're awesome. It's fucking it's great. So good. And man, is other parts of that game not good. Oh, I'm so glad uh, we're yeah. aligned on this. Yeah. I mean, like, it, you know, it, it, I, I guess I'm glad. <sighs> The se- oh my god, this, that sex scene with Abby and that dude also, where they're arguing and then just straight to raw penetration is all that also sticks with me. Like, oh my god, what the fuck is going? What is this? What are you doing, video game? Grant, why are you against full penetration? But they, 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 it isn't. That, it isn't that they had sex. It's that they go. They go. It is like three seconds from arguing to that man is penetrating that woman with no foreplay, no nothing. It's fucked. The up. arguing was the foreplay. Come on, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Uh, man, that game. All oh, and the stuff with the dog. Terrible. Mm mm. No, I, you know what? I, I never, um, that, la- the very last segment of that game where you play as Abby, um, I never played it. Like, I played through the vast majority of that game, and I went through, um, it was, this is like during like San Diego or something. 
I can't believe that game didn't end after like the theater shootout thing. Like you've got yeah. a chance to play as both characters and they sort of come to this understanding. Uh-huh. And I thought the game would end there. And then the game was like, but what if we gave you the worst shit ever? And it uh-huh. kept going with even more bad endings after yeah. this. I yeah, like, I, go, I, I went back to the, the farmhouse and I was like, what are we doing here? In the um, and then and when, when I when Ellie leaves, I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good here. I'm, I'm going to stop playing this. But have you like seen like the rest of that game? Yeah, I've, I've looked into oh. what happens, but it's not good. It's not good. But I was like, ah, you know, I think I'm going to punch out right here. It's not, I'm, I'm not, I'm done with this video game. All, all um, to do the finger bit. Like I understand the finger bit where like her fingers are gone. She can't play the guitar. Like you could have done that earlier, but no. Yeah. Slave traders. Yes. And like torture and like bad, bad. Oh bad, bad. man, it's not good. I, I also, oh my god, the scene where where they're in the fucking when they're in the theater and Abby just just going to fucking town on Dina. I that was also a point where I was like, I don't know how much further I can go with this. This is f- fucked. Hey, remember the game's not about hate; it's about love. That's what Neil Druckmann says. We need to end this Man. podcast. I just we do. Yeah, we I, need to. End. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I got I got down on a uh, a Last of Us Part Two. Oh Ooh. Lord, how have we never discussed All right. this before? Yeah. Okay, uh, Jared, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, at uh, twitter.com slash Jared Russo. So at Jared Russo. Okay. And then uh, if you want to see what I do, head over to grantbrunner.com. For the Weekly Roar, I'm Grant Brunner. And I am just so tired of Naughty Dog. Yes. Have a good one. Shut